Welcome to Dark Adapted Eye. You're here for the premiere of a brand new podcast, an hour of darkest exploration into the unknowable secrets of the eternal abyss. We'll gaze through all the shades of obsidian that surround midnight. So join us as we descend into the fetid catacombs below. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think? What do you think? No, that's the wrong reaction. I just like stop the music. All right, stop the music. That's the wrong reaction. All right, all right, all right. Now here's the deal, man. Here's the deal. All right, that's not supposed to make you laugh. You're supposed to be cowering in fear right now. I've got chills. But I, I can see you. Is the problem? I I think if I couldn't see you, okay, have a much greater effect. Cool, cool. So here's the deal, right? Smoke. Actually, (laughs) we do need smoke. (laughs) Dry ice. Or just a lot of cigarettes. Okay, all right. Well, oh, that's not a bad idea, except I think we'd get in trouble here in the Smart Start MN studio. Okay, just kidding. It is the Brian Oak Show, but I woke up this morning, I was like, you know what? Especially in these uncertain times, only a fool puts all their eggs in one basket, and I'm talking about the Brian Oak Show basket. Now, oh, I'm glad yeah. that people are putting their eggs into it, but maybe <laughs> we get kind of a syndicate going here. Maybe we start working on a number of different podcasts, including Dark Adapted Eye. I'll adopt some sort of weird pseudonym like uh, Alistair Blackthorn or something, and you can be Renfield. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm I'm Renfield. <laughs> I like how suddenly I'm the... Look, man, I don't know that you're ready to embrace... <laughs> I don't know that you're ready to fully embrace infernal darkness like I am, so... You know, if I, it wasn't COVID-19 right now, I think I'd be all for it, Yeah, but... Eh, well, I can't see, add I'm also that hedging layer. my bets. Like if you, you know, are. if things yeah. go the wrong direction in November and people vote red instead of blue, oh, is that the wrong direction? It's absolutely the fucking wrong direction. <laughs> but if people do that, then we can continue to have the Brian Oak show and you know rage against the machine and kick against the pricks. But if real darkness descends, if the four horsemen of the apocalypse come this November, <laughs> then we're going to need a podcast that fits the times, man. It's time to get weird. Spiderweb tattoos on the corner of your eye. Diversify the portfolio is what you're saying. Exactly. Okay, I got it. Dark Adapted Eye, sponsored by Hot Topic. (laughs) And a bunch of those kids that wear those giant (laughs) jeans at the Mall of America. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, I bet my daughter was such a dark sider when she was growing up in her tween and and her early teen years. The number of hours I just stood around with my mouth hanging open inside Hot Topic while she shopped, just looking like the squarest old dad on planet (laughs) Earth, but also just like, okay, that's a... It's a Hello Kitty choker collar right there. Everybody needs one of those, right? Did you have to tell everybody that walked by that you indeed had a child of your own that was in Hot Topic? No. Otherwise, you look really creepy. I'm cool as fuck. I got away with being in Hot Topic. Don't worry about that. Although, I did want to stand by some of the shirts and be like, don't even look at this shirt until you can tell me at least two songs by fucking Tones on Tail. And who was it? The guys in Tones on Tail. What band were in there before that? Nope. That There should be an age restriction of what you can buy in that Joy Division tattoo or tattoo t-shirt. Get that thing out of here right now. Well, because they don't, they've never heard a song by Joy Division. And again, that's cool. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to shame anyone on that front. You... You, you, but you have to, you can't, you can't front, right? Like you can, it's okay to not know Joy Division, but then it's not okay to rock the t-shirt, especially like an old worn vintage looking one. Yeah, that's lame. Like you're like, I know that this is cool. I just, I couldn't find Joy Division on a fucking musical map. So, um, (laughs) no, that stuff bugs me. Like, I mean, there are people that I would be fraudulent about. Like if I, you know, Jim Neighbors, who was Gomer Pyle. Oh, you're not a big fan? No, no, I didn't say I wasn't a fan. I just said that I don't, I don't, he's got like dozens, if not hundreds of records he put out throughout the course of his life. 
I couldn't name a song. And so um, I would be fraudulent if I were wearing a Jim Jim Neighbors t-shirt. You understand what I'm saying? I do. It's a there's a huge fucking stretch of the whole story, but it's I'll Brian, take it. I'll take the, it. It's the yeah, it is. Well, guess now, what? Let me ask you this: since you quit drinking, have you upped your coffee intake a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. there you go. Well, I, that's but, all I needed to know, right there. I, well, <laughs> that's fair. I got an idea. I got an idea. Here's what we're gonna do. Yeah. And you, well, you know what? The train's leaving the station. <laughs> yes, it right? is. Bound for Point South. Okay, we are heading to the darkness, my good friends. <laughs> so right, I'm ready. Just it, it's a it's a possible. Look, I'm just whiteboarding right now, man. Nobody Spit knows what the, what the future is going to look like. I do know what the immediate future is going to look like. It's episode 88 of the Brian Oak Show, made possible by our good friends at Smart Start MN and at Buster's on 28th. As well as so many other people like Audio Quip, Sean right over there. He helps make this possible. All of our Patreon members. So thanks to everybody. Episode 88 is about to unfold. And we're going to be joined by Minnesota musician John Swardson. And we'll talk to him. We'll hear some of his music just ahead. In the meantime, though, you know, I spent some time with John's music this morning. And John is a great songwriter. I like his lyrics a lot. But he's an understated guy. You know, there's not a lot of spandex and flash pots and lasers on not stage. Not anymore. Well, I mean, and maybe right now we're just in sort of a mellow at home period. We'll, we'll see if that stuff's going to make a return to the fold because he'll be returning to the stage tomorrow to do something live. But then I was I was listening to your music this morning and um, I was feeling the uh, this particular song right here. I'm not saying this is what all your stuff sounds like, but it put me in the mood to hear this amazing song by Nashville singer songwriter Jillian Welsh. This is Miss Ohio on The Brian Oak Show.
That is Look at Miss Ohio by Jillian Welsh on The Brian Oak Show. That's where we are right now. Episode 88 today made possible, as it is every episode, by our good friends over at Smart Start MN, Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. If you listen to the show by now, you know that basically ignition interlock is a way for you to get back in your vehicle should you or a loved one or someone you know who needs the assist and get back into their car after a DUI, which is going to be important because you've got a lot of appearances to make and you've got to go meet people and you've got bills to pay and lines to stand in. You're going to want to drive there and not take a, I don't know, rickshaw everywhere you go. We don't have a lot of rickshaw service in the Twin Cities, do we? We don't, but I still love the concept. I love the idea of paying somebody to run me down the street. Well, I mean, at least we're not on cobblestones, right? That's true. Yeah. Those not suckers to get to, need to be appreciative. <laughs> not to get too far afield. SmartStartMN.com is where you go to find out more information about getting yourself back into your car should you need it. And if you go to SmartStartMN.com slash The Brian Oak Show, you get 20% off installation of the ignition interlock. Yeah, great deal from the guys that uh, passed the uh, legislation originally. They, w- they went and fought for this to be able to happen. Mike and Ed... They won't shame you. They'll leave that to your spouse. Mm. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that in the official literature exactly. on the website anywhere. But I think that we all know that's an unspoken truth. <laughs> Episode 88 of The Brian Oak Show. It is my pleasure to introduce to you a Minnesota musician who you are familiar with, Jim and Terry Walsh, are you not? Uh, very much so. Yeah, yeah, same. Well, we've had Jim Walsh on this show before, and he describes our com- upcoming guest here as a songwriter of uncommon emotional detail, depth and empathy. Born in St. Paul, based out of Minneapolis, his name is John Swartz, and he's got two records out, A Blaze and Silver Dust, as well as a vinyl release with his previous band, Get Gone, and just last year, he had a digital release with his current band, Bad Blood, entitled Blood Moon. Now, John has shared the stage with a wide variety of artists over the years. Years, including Sturgill Simpson, awesome, and Echo and the Bunny Men. What? I promise we're getting to that story before we're done here. Uh, but he continues to make songs that, but it says here, bleed through the soles and the holes of his boots, attempting to paint the human experience. I know him best as the guy that I often would see backstage at First Avenue while I was out back having a heater. He's John Swartzen. How are you, John? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Good to have you in here. Just by way of a quick introduction for people who maybe don't know the John Swartzen brand, you are a singer-songwriter. When did you first come to music? How old were you? Um, probably my 
you know, my parents played records, um, got into that through them. But then uh, when I was in uh, junior high, all my buddies were in bands. Um, I couldn't play anything, but I was enamored by the, uh, just being a musician. And, you know, they, so it took me a while um, to uh, figure out uh, that I could do this too, you know. So when you start out like that, um, when you talk about your buddies in junior high and bands, early experiences are always fascinating to me. Like most people start out in a shitty cover band. Yeah. Did you start out in a shitty cover band? No, I didn't. I just started out writing my own songs. For real? Wow. Um, yeah, because I was a, I was really into uh, literature and um, and writing in general. And then I just decided I was gonna, as becoming more and more of a music fan, just you know put some chords to these uh, words that I was writing. So, um, yeah, that gradually happened, and it really didn't happen until probably uh, uh, mid-20s when I started, you know, really uh, writing songs enough to decide that I was going to maybe go out and play some songs, perform, and, um, yeah, it's just been a, a build since then, you know, trying to find trying to find my voice, guitar, slash music, slash vocally, you know, and, and create my own uh, identity in that regard. You talk about bringing your songs to the outside world, and now, of course, with the COVID era upon us and its teeth are deep into us and doesn't look like it's going to let go of its bite anytime soon, you haven't been able to get out and play live for a long time, I imagine. Yeah, I was. Uh, my last live show was I did a residency at Mortimer's in February. February. And so, think about this. Crazy. Normally, yeah. February would feel like forever ago yeah. on any early September day. But February feels like four years ago. I know. It's crazy. So you have, however, as many musicians have, you have been putting some effort in online to bring your people music. The uh, Is it the, not the outdoor series, the... Um, Early on, you called. It was Easter Sunday, oh, and you were sitting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like out of doors. Well, or, I do, uh, it was... Uh, um, uh, Live from outside. There we go. Yeah. I knew I was close, but yeah. of course, you know, I don't have my notes in front of me. So, well, I, yeah, and it's been a little while. I kind of stopped. I, I did a um, every Friday in May. I did a live stream on Facebook, mm -hmm. and I haven't done anything since then. It's, you know, it's it is what it is because of the times. Um, I just, it's tough, you know, and it's it just, I'm not a big fan of the format, and then. Uh, you know, but whatever it is, what it is. Mm -hmm. and I, so I really haven't done much since then. Um, kind of took a break from it. But the live from outside, I'll do you know, a song on my porch or, you know, patio. I think the first one was it was snowing, um, and when I came up with the idea. But uh, and then uh, kitchen covers is another hashtag I'll do. Through, I did throughout the uh, you know the spring and and uh, summer a little bit. Um, How are the acoustics in your kitchen? They're great. I love them. Yeah. 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 So yeah, and just uh, yeah, just learning covers and kind of screwing around and trying to you know stay uh, stay with with people and you know it's it, without being able to see anybody. It's it's a I feel like at least a a way to relate to people and you know connect. As a diehard music yeah. fan, uh, not going to see live music, and I'm certain that Sean feels the same way. And I understand there are people who are actually dying of a virus, and I understand there are people going through unprecedented emotional hardship. But I think that we all have our own, you know, ax ox to gore. Is that did I use that right? Axe to grind. Uh, we all, anyway, we all got our something, right? And we all got our thing. And missing live music is a very real and very tangible thing to me. And I, I have to imagine for a performer, you know, not that you're always looking for approval or gratification that way, but, I mean, there's obviously that feedback loop. There's an energy there. You want yeah. people to hear the things you have to say. And tomorrow in the evening, which is going to be, what, Thursday, September 3rd, 
it's going to be your first live performance since February. Yes, yes. Uh, the Loon Cafe in downtown St. Paul, New Loon, which is, I think they opened last year, um, right across the mall from the uh, the Palace Theater. Oh, okay. Uh, so right on the, on the mall. Yeah, like right there. It used to be Great Waters. So oh, right yeah, next yeah. Okay. to Meritage. Mm-hmm. It's a cool spot. They expanded the patio um, into further into the mall. So I went and checked it out a couple uh, weeks ago. Uh, Matt Jennings was playing. Martin Devaney played last Thursday. Oh, yeah. The mayor. Um, yeah. <laughs> the mayor was, and it was funny because uh, that was a curfew night. And um, I'm like, so are they going to be, you know, you're from six to eight, curfew's at eight. And he's like, you know, the mayor, I'm like, see, so you pulled the mayor, pulled the food strings. He's like, yeah, they're going to let me, I got to get out of there right at eight. But, uh, right. But anyway, yeah, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It's a cool setup. Just beat me solo. Um, I got two hours of songs, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. We're about to hear one of your songs, but before we yeah. do, what's the best place for people to find John Swartzen on social media, website, whatever? Yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm all over Twitter. Um, it's kind of my, my thing at times. Uh, Instagram and Facebook, just Google, it's J-O-H-N-S-W-A-R-D-S-O-N. All right, very good. Just at, at all those things? Like yeah, at John Swartzen? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for Twitter and everything, yeah. right? And then, um, yeah, I'm, I'm building a new website right now, but I'm on Reverb Nation, and I'm all over the place. All right, very good. Well, you're also here on the Brian Oak Show, and yes. since you're here, let's hear some music before we get into Bad Bloods, your band's uh, Lucky Man. Tell me a little something about this song. Um, Lucky Man is a song that I wrote um, on the dashboard of my... Uh, or on, on my steering wheel while I was driving to a a gig, um, it was a there's a, a a show that these people do called um, Morningside After Dark, and it's a, it's like a variety show and they have a theme every time and the theme was uh, Lucky, and uh, I didn't have anything really in my catalog that fits so I wrote something on the way there, and it's just about um, appreciating your life and. Um, um, you know, going through, uh, relationships and, um, you know, it's, sometimes they don't work out. Um, and you just reflecting on that, but then also trying to stay positive.
Now, you see the kind of atmosphere exhibited by that particular track right there. That's precisely the sort of atmospherics and aesthetics we would want to bring to Dark Adapted Eye. Because I'm not saying it's a dark, (laughs) dour song filled with the blood of demons. What I am saying is that it has a certain thoughtful atmosphere to it. I mean, there were parts that were very singer-songwritery to me, but then the overall atmosphere that I felt generated by the song... I mean, almost started drifting towards like uh, like your Jesus and Mary chain kind of reverby. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is that an intentional well, thing? I mean, where do you draw a lot of your influences from? Well, um, influences from really, I mean, all over the place. I listen to jazz. I listen to uh, you know to, to a lot of country, outlaw country, old country. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, a lot of new wave too. I mean, I grew up with um, rock and roll. I mean, Springsteen is a big influence. Um, but that, that, this record, uh, Blood Moon, um, was recorded at Nowhere Studios, which is Eric Olson. Um, and he, uh, he mixed it. And then, um, Brian Hanna, who was drumming with the band, who's been around for a long time, drumming with different bands and, uh, just an excellent, uh, producer. Um, he remixed it and, and kind of through this, that song in particular, he was kind of going for a walk on the wild side-ish kind of Lou Reed, um, you know, reverb mm-hmm. vibe to mm-hmm. it. Um, so he he re- he remixed the record, and uh, and that's I kind of let him run with what he 
felt, you know, it's anytime I have somebody play on my records, usually I just kind of go, you're good at what you do. I'm not going to tell you what to do because that would be, you know, doesn't make sense to me. So you do what you do best. And then, you know, if, if I don't like it, if it doesn't work for me, then we'll talk about it. But, um, yeah, so he he's the one that came up with that vibe for that song. It's great. I just yeah, I mean I like it. It's almost it's almost got like a magnetic fields kind of type thing to it in yeah. terms of the atmospherics. I like it a lot. Yeah. We're going to talk to John Swartzen some more here in just a moment, but first I want to thank a couple other sponsors of the Brian Oak Show. One would be none other than our very own Renfeld. Sean Bernard. <laughs> Artie Johnson, eating bugs. Oh, I don't even remember what it's for. Oh, is that from Love at First Bite with George oh Hamilton? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. Is that 81 or 82? You look like George Hamilton. You're, you're right in there. Yeah, I mean. If he was stung by a bee what? and was allergic? <laughs> wow. wow. I mean, your tan, your tan isn't Cold quite as dark as oh, yeah. This is not a tan. It. It's a high blood pressure. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. (laughs) You know, I did quit the drinking, but I haven't quit the smoking, and I can tell. One of these days, I got to knock that off as well. Anyway, Sean, in addition to working here with the Brian Oak Show and co-owning it, is also a realtor for uh, Edina Realty, the 50th in France location. And lo and behold, one day he tells me, "Oh man, I'm going to have all kinds of free time coming up." And now every time I text you, you're like, "I'm right in the middle of this thing. I'm doing that thing. I'm getting this other thing done as well." Busy, busy, busy. Yeah, we had a crazy wave in August, and it's continued on to September right now. In fact, I, yeah, I was scrambling to get a purchase agreement written and sent off right before the show today. Um, but I have another exciting thing to mention. Go on. This this could mean that I've arrived in realty. I've actually arrived as a realtor. Did you get like a plaque or something? No. I actually um, went ahead and got the bus stop uh, deal. Come on. Two blocks away. With 48th and 46th in Chicago. With your face on it? No, I did not do my face. But I, I that lovable, trustable Irish mug right there. You it, didn't put on the. They bench? just said your head's too large to fit on well, the bus side, so they. they there's got to be do like it. a thing they could build on the back, like a headrest or something. That's what they should have done. Just a giant Irish peach on there. But I'm waiting. I can still draw a face on it. Yeah. Right? So that's what. No. This is, you're, you're you're illustrating my point. Okay. I'm thinking it'll take less than two days for somebody to put a Y on the Barnard, or to put. <laughs> A St. Bernard on there. St. Bernard or Barnyard? Yes. Yeah. Within two days. But anyway, if you know somebody who's looking to buy or sell, 612-859-2594. Is that up right now? It's supposed to be up today, yeah. Wow. Yeah. You're there, man. I've made it. You and Chris Lindahl. Sorry, man. Is this thing on? No, I'm sorry. Sorry, you're probably going to cut that out anyway. Uh, I also want to thank Buster's on 28th, an incredible place to eat in southeast Minneapolis. They have beer and wine. They have such a specific collection and selection of beer and wine there. They pride themselves on it, and rightly so. And that'd be one thing if it was like, oh, they got amazing beer there, but the food tastes like the 5-8. Oh, did I say that out loud? Oh. Oh, it's way look better. at that. No, it's way better. John needs to get a gift card to uh, Buster's on 28. I was going to say unsolicited. I love Buster's. Well, I mean, well, you just got burger, a gift card. You every, just won. The yeah. wings, I mean, it's delicious. Well, now you've got, they've got amazing food there. They're also, I mean, I, I live three blocks from there. And with all this stuff going on, you know, musicians being locked down, businesses struggling, closing on the daily. By the way, Butcher and the Boar yeah. just officially oh, closed. That yeah. sucks. Oh, and Surly. Surly just announced the indefinite closure this November of their tap room. No. Yeah. Just, oh my just God. announced today. 
So, I mean, we're talking about major successful establishments all around. So the fact that Buster's has stayed with us to support the show during these uncertain times, to say the very least, uh, I'm glad that you said that, John, because they really do. They have amazing food there. The staff is cool as hell. And I want I want our neighborhoods to stay vibrant. Yes. Buster's is one of the coolest things about my neighborhood. It's a great neighborhood spot too, yeah you know and it's gorgeous inside if you want to go inside they've got the patio you can just do curbside if you head over and order online which you can do at busters on 28th.com yeah yeah go ahead and order online and pick it up and uh, bring home the food to your family instead of cooking oh man that cubano maybe wednesday is cubano oh, day so good in their steak sandwich mm. everything else is so good <sighs> so check them out busters on 28th.com and my thanks to their continued support here of the brian oak show it's episode 88 we're talking to local musician minnesota musician john swardson john has it been uh, minnesota your entire life it has i went to madison uh for college actually university of wisconsin got it but, but you're beyond that you're yeah. back I'm back. I made it back. So you, some didn't. You, <laughs> some, some are still in there somewhere. Well, some exactly. Instead of missing some in action, people. it's missing in Wisconsin. <laughs> M-I-W. <laughs> so yeah. you, and I, I'm sure there's a, a brief story behind it, but I need to know, every time I've ever seen you, uh, I think, I mean, because some of those nights are pretty fuzzy for me, as we've discussed, um, but most of the times I've seen you, or if I see your presence anywhere on social media, you're wearing your signature Cincinnati Reds hat. How does a Minnesota boy fall in love with yeah. an Ohio baseball team? Well, I grew up with baseball, um, played baseball my whole life. And uh, my dad's family is kind of responsible for that. But they, he grew up right outside of Cincinnati. So him and his older brother, my Uncle Rawl, um, just lived and breathed and bled uh, Cincinnati Reds. And uh, it, uh, it carried on to me right away. I, mean, I was going to say, it's in your genes and apparently has been part of the very air that you breathe since you've been born. Yeah, it's literally been like I was, you know, I had my first Reds hat. I was probably three. It was itchy, one of those wool, yeah, yeah. You know, like I had a, a Charlie Hustle iron-on t-shirt nice. that I wore to basically fell off <laughs> a year ago, like a Farley <laughs> no but um yeah i've just i've probably had i mean 100 200 red hats in my life and i, I still have a quite a collection well i was just i was, was going to say i've seen the black one i've seen the yeah, red yeah. one i'm sure there are black all kinds of like know. subtle variations that i haven't I seen keep before it pretty classic yeah the same the same hat over and over and of course i should buy in bulk but that's just not how I think. Yeah, no. You, 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 you know. Well, you don't ever think I should buy 144 hats. I'm no. going to buy a gross of hats. You're like, I could use a new lid. Yeah, and you go get one. Yeah. But then three weeks later, you're like, oh, look at that one, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I wear like the same stuff all the time. So, um, you know, it's like every six months, I'm like, oh, got to renew the outfit here. <laughs> Drive around town. I need, a, comes. I need a couple new black t-shirts and a new reds cap. Yep, some black boots because I always get boots and I wait until I can feel the rain on my socks coming through the holes. Yep. And then I'm like, oh shit, it's time to get some boots. Uh, you and I have that in common. No, I, I, yeah, my pants and my shorts generally I wear until they're in tatters and it looks like I'm I'm on a, a, a lost island, you know, somewhere like I'm doing castaway kind of stuff, like yeah. just the ripped up thing. I'm like... All right. Well, I know I'm not going to any black, uh, you know, black tie affairs, but I should probably <clears throat> try to look like I uh, didn't sleep on a deserted island last night. Hey, so you growing up, you grow up here. Are you and I know that you listen to a lot of music growing up and you take influences from everywhere. 
But when you decide this is what I do, this is who I am, this is part of my expression, before, and I know you started writing your own songs early on, but that doesn't mean you don't have heroes and people you look up to and, and artists that you consider yourself influenced by. Yeah. Who are, would you say, I mean, you don't even, it doesn't have to be in a ranking in a particular order, but give me like your big three or your big two, whatever you feel comfortable with, because we all have, whether we're fans or whether we're practitioners, bands or writers or whatever that stand far and above the rest of the field. Yeah, I would say... Um if I have to, um, yeah, grab three, Bruce Springsteen for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, just his story, story writing, and his his uh, his passion for rock and roll and harnessing the power of rock and roll. And that guy's work ethic, by the way. I've only ever seen him once, and I, it was a friend who bugged me to go see him twenty different times. Yeah, I've never seen, and I've been to a lot of concerts. I have never seen an artist work that hard every single second of every single show. To make sure that every single person in that massive stadium yeah. felt it. I mean, the best of the band gets to walk off and take a couple song break yeah. while he continues to deliver. I was in awe. You know, I'm I'm just a, a medium fan of his music. I'm not trying to say anything negative. I'm just sure, not a, sure, a super sure, fan. Sure. But I've never I've never seen anybody do what he did up on stage, and I think that that translates to a lot of who he is, and 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 that work ethic is why every single person listening to this and probably drawing breath right now in the five state area knows who Bruce Springsteen is. Yeah, yeah. And he and it's you know, it's a good lesson to anybody that's in the industry as far as performing, you know, you, you perform like he says, he performs like it's his last show and it's the first time anyone's ever seen him and you know, oftentimes it's the 100th time somebody's, you know, seen him but um they always feel like it's, you know, the first time and that he's playing for them. And it's hard to do, you know. I mean, Granted, you know, there's not, you know, four people at Lee's Liquor, you know, <laughs> kind of looking at their phones while you're playing. Like, R.I.P. There's Lee's. different challenges, but um, no, yeah, it's Springsteen's definitely one of them. Um, I would say uh, Husker Du um, early on in my life um, really rocked me hard. Oh, dude. And uh, the power of that band. There's just something about, um, and, the, and the way that uh, Grant and Bob sang together and Grace, or Grace. Uh, Greg Thundering, um, yeah, that band um, hit me hard right away. They literally changed my life, man. You and I have that in common. Cool. Yeah. Zen Arcade redirected what I thought I knew about music, and it broke open my little world of music understanding. Yeah, because I was trying to get into like be a punk rocker and get into hardcore back then, right. and then I found hardcore that actually still had songs M- in it, melody. It, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It wasn't just messy noise. Yeah. Yeah. There was a messy noise to it. Yeah. But it was gorgeous. I mean, like, you know, yeah. like zombies type melodies, like gorgeous, beautiful songs yeah. with this ferocious power. So I'm with you on that one, man. They changed my life. Yeah. I mean, New Day Rising uh, was that record for me. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, same thing. Like, I liked hardcore, but there was a, you know, and Springsteen came around the same time. And my hardcore buddies were always like, they just didn't, uh, they didn't get the, the Husker Du or the Springsteen, you know. And right. Um, I just had to part ways, you know. I'm like, well. You know, boys, I'm going to the show by myself then, you know. Like, <laughs> exactly. Because, yeah, the, so the, the combination of power and melody was, uh, was very inspiring. And then Lucinda Williams has always mm. um, really touched me. Um, just uh, her phrasing and her, um, just her approach, her, her simplicity, um, somebody that I can listen to constantly and it's always an influence. My favorite thing about her is that I believe her. You know, I'm not saying there's right. a lot of people out there that... Good point are doing artifice or whatever, but I, I, even the songs that I'm not necessarily crazy about, I believe her. Like I, she is telling stories about real life and she is, 
I, I, I don't know how to elaborate on it beyond I believe her. You yeah, know, when, when yeah. she sings those songs, I it feels authentic to absolutely. me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you are going to be playing your songs live tomorrow in downtown St. Paul. Your first live gig since February, man. Are you excited? I'm very excited. Yeah? I really am. Yeah. I can't wait to just close my eyes and start playing. Are we are we entering yet the glitter jumpsuit phase of John Swartz's music career? No? No, not yet. I mean, because now would be the time, like, you've been wrapped away in the chrysalis for six months. I know. And now, boom, emerge like a beautiful spangled butterfly. People are either going to be disappointed or <laughs> relieved. So. Well, you know, you never can tell. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> it's a pretty divided time in America right now. All right, you're going to be playing there. Now, before we get to another one of your songs, um, you have been playing music a long time. Well, how long have you, when from your first gig you can remember in the Twin Cities that you would consider a proper gig, how long have you been playing? Probably 20 years now. Okay, very good. So you've been doing this for a while. You Sounds like a long time. Well, it, I hate to break <laughs> it to you, man. Those just keep happening. Nice Rewind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for nearly for nearly two and a half years now uh you've been playing music yeah, no, hate to break it to you Decades, um years, yeah. <laughs> so you're gonna be back out there um so you've you've done this quite a few times and you found yeah. yourself on probably some interesting stages sometimes terrible sometimes wonderful but you also had an opening slot for echo and the bunny men now me going back to the 80s and being an 80s kid and I was basically I dressed like Ian McCulloch. I I had the long trench coat. I had the kind of up hair and then over to the side. That sure. I tried to make it a flat top, but it didn't. So I kept the side shaved and did the. I was really working hard to be a like a 1984 new wave kid up in Coon Rapids. And um, Echo and the Bunnymen was absolutely part of my playlist. And yeah. over the years, they had some tumult in within the band, but they got it back together and they've been touring, you know, on and off over the years now. Um, and you found yourself opening up for Echo and the Bunny Men. Yeah. How does that happen? So that yeah, so this is how that happened. Um so they were they were coming to first Ave. This was a few years ago and I was going to the show anyways cuz they are also one of my favorite bands. Um loved Echo and the Bunny Men um and I hadn't seen them in years and I was super excited for this show. And it turns out so they got into town the night before they were playing and uh the club had been um you know, asking them about support for, you know, a couple of months leading up to this show and they weren't getting back to them. Um, and they're like, you know, guys, what's the deal here? So right. they show up and they're like, we want a solo performer. I guess they've been doing that in this, in the, on this tour. I don't know why they decided just to drop it on them the night before, but they did. Crazy. Um, long story short, I got the call. So I'm, uh, it's sold out. I show up for sound check, and um, I w- I'm b- backstage. It's just me and the band and crew and empty first half, and they're sound checking Killing Moon. Wild. I'm standing wow. there on the side of the stage listening to this song, which is one of my favorite, I, yeah. you know, iconic Da-da-da-da. songs. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. man. Unbelievable. So I'm already, you know, chills. So then they're done checking. I go up, get situated, me and a stool, my guitar, um, and I check this song, Blood Moon, that we're going to play next. Um, usually when you're sound checking, um, it's pretty easy when it's just you and a guitar, you know, the sound guy, you get your guitar, um, sound, uh, you, through the monitors and everything, your vocals, we're good. We good. Yep. We're good. Okay. You know, you play, you know, 30 seconds a minute. Well, this time, um, I'm playing blood moon and, um, the sound uh, guy walks away from the board. <laughs> <laughs> while I'm playing the song. Nice. And I'm looking out at it, I'm thinking, you know, any second he was going to be like, okay, be good. But he walked away. So then I'm like, well, shit, I'm just going to play um, K 
keep playing. Right. Who else, you know, how often do you get to play a song on First Ave stage in an empty club in the middle of the afternoon? Not often. You know? So I'm like, I'm just going to crush, I'm going to nail this song as, as good as I can, you know, uh-huh. in this special environment. Mm. So that's what happens. And, and I'm looking out as I'm playing, and James Baker, who was running the night, um, uh, he's managing that night at First Ave, he's standing next to the soundboard with his arms crossed watching me. And I look down to my left, and Ian McCullough is off to my left under the stairwell, um, kind of in the shadows watching me play Blood Moon. So I'm like, all right, well, that's pretty freaking surreal, you know. <laughs> so I finish the song. Uh, sound guy comes back up. He goes, we good? I'm like, yeah, we're good. The like, guy, right. um, So play my set. Packed house. People crushed, you know, chest against the stage mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Curtain comes up. Uh, my first time playing there solo. And uh, actually, Conrad comes back to me, um, who's been the stage manager there for years and years and years. Mm-hmm, many. He goes, John, do you want to uh, be walking out when the curtain goes up, or do you want to be sitting there when the curtain goes up? So I'm like, I want to be walking out when the curtain goes up. So he goes, ready? One, two, three, four, five, pushes the button. Here we go. Anyway, so I'm up there. Play the set. I thought you know, it went fairly well, considering that nobody had any fucking idea that, I don't know, can I say that? You yeah, sure you can. can. Say In fucking, fact, yeah. I want you to say it a second time. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> Nobody had any fucking idea that I was going to be playing. <laughs> so, you know, the curtain comes up. Literally, people that I know that were in the audience are like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. Swartzen's sitting up on a fucking stool. Like, what the hell's going on here? Right. So anyways, I play my set. Um, Baker goes, uh, you know, calls me up to the office to get paid after my set. And I, I sit down. We're sitting in the office. And he goes, he goes, yeah, I think that went well. What do you think? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, well, uh, he goes, I don't know if he knew this, but he goes, um, uh, before you your your sound check, um, while you were playing that song, um, the, the Echo and the Bunnyman manager came up to me and they said, you know, since we haven't really heard this guy, um, basically your sound check song was kind of an audition. So he's like, we're gonna watch, um, and then we'll we'll let you know after after the song. So luckily, you know, I didn't know this. Oh my for, gosh! Thank God I didn't know this. Oh, but so James is like, I had one eye on you the whole time and one eye on Ian and the manager. And then after you your song, they kind of whispered to each other for a second, looked back over at me, and gave a thumbs up. Wow! Yeah. Oh. So he's telling me this, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" Like, <laughs> so glad you didn't thank, know about thank, that. Thanks for not telling me that before. The you know, I, oh. I went on for this check, and and I I go, well, "What what would happen if he put the thumb down?" Right. You know? And he's like, "Well, then they wouldn't have had an opener; they would have just played so an evening with." It was that. I mean, Ian was that. Um, you know. Uh, dedicated to making sure that you know whoever played which i you know of course don't blame him right that that it was you know going to be good for his audience and so thank god i got the thumbs up you know well and thank oh god you like gosh. as sean said that you didn't know i'm sure you preferred the fact that you didn't realize you were auditioning in front of caesar oh man i know <laughs> you know and i got a cheers made from ian uh as he walked back to the bus when i was smoking in the in the garage after the show so fantastic cool. news yeah that was fun and this is the song that got you the gig <laughs> Yeah, this is the song that got me the gig. Let's hear it from John Swartzen's band, Bad Blood. The song is called Blood Moon. So cool that even Ian McCullough likes it. (laughs) They say pick your battles. 
baby, I'm picking this one. This world, it hums and it rattles. Cries your name like some wicked game. When you swept through that door. To me, it howled through my ears. Woke up all those high school fears. Now there's a blood moon rising. The clear and long. Sky. Yeah, there's a blood moon rising up tonight. You know, I hate to keep harping on it, but a song entitled Blood Moon, right at home on that new podcast, Dark Adapted Eye. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's our, our sub-theme today. And Halloween is coming. I'm just letting you know, yeah, it's been my sub-theme my whole life, and finally I'm finding an outlet for it. That is music by Bad Blood. It's called Blood Moon right here on the Brian Oak Show. John Swartzen, you are performing tomorrow. Can I please have the details one more time? Yeah, so I'm at the Loon uh, Cafe St. Paul, um, 6 to 8 on the patio. 
And that's Thursday, September 3rd. So we're publishing this today, the day before. But whenever you're listening to this particular episode, know that Thursday evening, 6 to 8, at the Loon in St. Paul, not the one downtown at Minneapolis, the Loon in St. Paul, Correct. right on the mall across from the palace, yeah? Correct, yes. All right, yeah. very good. So that's happening Thursday, September 3rd. And then you, um, if people, we've already talked about just John Swartzen is how people find you. And if people want to hear that Bad Blood record, but they'd also like to make sure that during these uncertain times, a little money is going in the artist's pocket. Is it available for sale anywhere? Uh, it is available on um, Apple Music. It's on a- any streaming service. Okay. Um, but Apple Music, I believe you can buy it there. Um, I just encourage people, go ahead yeah. and give it a preview and, and listen to anything you like on the streaming services. But if there's an artist or bands that you genuinely love, they need your support. They're actually pouring their lives into it. They, in many cases, don't have a choice but to do what they're doing, not because they're not capable, but because if this thing doesn't get out of them, then weird things start to happen on right. planet Earth. Well, and also, on that note... Um, there is a, a the download card for that record. If you see me, if you're at one of my shows, see me walking around the street, I usually have them on me. Um, it's my baseball card. So the the baseball card, it's a John Swartzen baseball card. Nice. Um, and I'm not like you know sitting there with a bat in a, in a field. <laughs> I, I, I'm in my uh, my attire, uh-huh. um, but uh, on a stool with a guitar. But um, the back is all the stats, like baseball card stats of the band and the record and everything. Um, so yeah, uh, please. Please uh, feel free to approach me if you want one of those guys. You're you're one of those guys, John. I've seen you several times. The first time I saw you was in a venue where too many people were talking, and I I kind of could hear you. Yeah, (laughs) right. (laughs) Could kind of hear you, not hear you. But the warming house, I've seen you a couple of times, Mm -hmm. and I encourage people to see you in an environment where they can actually hear you and and watch you connect with the audience. I just felt like that venue for you in particular. It was so cool watching you connect with the audience and listening to every every note and every every word. Really, really great stuff. Cool, thank you. And that yeah, th- that um, venue is is a gift to the the music scene. It's there's no listening room like that in town, and we need that. So um, yeah, go out to the warming house and support them too. It's it's a beautiful little quiet room. Before we say goodbye, John Swartzen, I would like to know from you just one thing, and it doesn't have to be the most profound thing in the world. One thing that feels like you or feels true that either you've been doing to stay sane as our world slowly unravels or that you think that people should do moving forward one thing that's either yeah either keeping you sane or is going to help make the world a better place as we move forward um well i would say uh to listen to people and um and to love people and to uh which is it john i said one <laughs> I got three. <laughs> All right, I'm love. just I'm totally messing around. <laughs> Listen to people, love, love people, people, and nature. Nature, awesome. get outside. I, I, yep, nature is into nature's going about its own thing. Uh, you know, it's there. Uh, nature. I live uh, near Lake of the Isles. We call it Narnia, and it's unbelievable what I sit and listen to and, and witness uh, in, in, in the natural world every day. And we we'll travel around too and go to parks and everything state parks and such. I'm sure a lot of people are doing that, but uh, yeah, even, uh, yeah, just sit back and listen and uh, you can learn a lot. Perfect. Thank you very much, John. It's good to see your face Thank again. You. It's a pleasure. Likewise. This Thanks, might John. be the first time that you and I have crossed paths in the daylight, by the way. So <laughs> it's good to see you. <laughs> yeah, and no, notice that neither of us are vampires, although I am totally team Edward. That's going to do it for episode 88 <laughs> of the Brian Oak show. See you a little a little vampire reference to wrap things up on yeah, Dark full Adapted Eye. Cir- full circle. Exactly. Uh, Sean, thank you very much, man. Thank you. How do you feel about ending the show with a cover song? You cool with that? 
I love it, except for I didn't know it was a cover. Well, and again, I'm not trying to be one of those, oh, interestingly enough, Sean, this song was originally done in the late 60s by the Texas-based sunshine pop group, The Click. But you are. But in this particular case, (laughs) it happens to be the absolute truth. There was a little-known pop band out of Texas called The Click, and they did a very sugary, summery, sunshine version of this song. You know, a good 15 years before R.E.M. ever decided to cover it and put it on Life's Rich Pageant, which is a must-own album, by the way. Uh, And it's not even credited on the back of the album, and it's one of the few songs where I think Mike Mills gets to take lead vocals in all the R.E.M. catalog. Uh, But it's a brilliant song. It's iconic, and all you 80s and 90s kids are going to know this one out there. We're going to wrap up episode 88 of The Brian Oak Show with R.E.M.'s take on The Clicks, Superman. We'll see you next time. Thank you.